After Things is brought to you by Patreon.com slash Weird Things. Thank you for supporting this show. Hello and welcome to the After Things podcast. I'm Andrew Main, joined by Justin Robert Young. Hello. Brian Brushwood. Ahoy, hoy. That was me flying past on a jetpack. Bryce Castillo. You forgot about the dollar event. <laughs> you forgot about the dollar event. You about the dollar event. Hi, everybody. <laughs> uh, gentlemen, how are we doing? Good. I feel the need to correct the Doppler effect because then you'd have to adjust for pitch. Yeah, oh, oh, like, no. Oh, you forgot about the Doppler effect. They'll just do this all day together. <laughs> They're like two little Furbies. They'll just keep the going. microphones don't have to be. No, here. no. They they'll just be Dopplering <laughs> each other until the. Hello. Uh, next, next week, Apple is uh, apparently going to unveil, believe it or not, a new phone. Oh, my gosh. Uh, <clears throat> it's been so long. Uh, I've got my prediction here in the phone. Uh, <clears throat> a faster than ever processor, better battery life than ever, and the best phone we've ever had. Wow, that's a that's a big call. Oh, best camera. So, oh, uh, sorry, best camera. Yeah, sorry. It's the sorry. best. Phone. Even I lost interest in hearing the bit for <laughs> a million times. And the time. ability to take those videos of your family that make you look like a detective whose family was killed <laughs> in <laughs> Apple VR. The 3D vision. Yeah. Ones. Oh yeah. It it does also. It also looks like maybe there will be a bit of a price bump again. These things. These dang things are they're so expensive. Just this buy a whole is the iPhone 15 Pro Mac. Pro Max. 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 Oh, sorry. My eyes are gone. <laughs> you would have seen it if you were reading it on your iPhone 15 Pro Max. I would have. Yeah. It, uh, what do, how, do, how, do, how are you guys feeling about cell phones? Because obviously, they, have, they have, certainly have changed a lot in 20 years. Um, like, I am still on my iPhone 12 Pro. Gross. I, I think I am as well. I think Ew. I'm like three years behind. Yeah. And like touching I, duty. Well, and but but it is shockingly old. I mean, it was not long ago that it was like just upgrade the phone every year, just yeah. get a new iPhone every year. That's what I do. But I don't want to keep paying. No, I pay $600 all year. Six hundred dollars every I, year. I didn't like paying once. <laughs> right, I but, like paying all the time. One and, and done. Pay, Remember how much fun it was to buy your first iPhone? What if you had that joy every single every month? Every single month. And so that's always, what I do. It's and then I just get a new for an iPhone. I just get a new phone and and I'm better well than most. I mean, at this point, I think I, I, I think I'm 2 years into not having a case and I and at this point I'm just kind of fascinated to see how much longer I could yeah. go. No case is awesome. No case is the best way to go on iPhone. Yeah. It's the best way to go. All right. Okay. Dog. So <laughs> do you know what the oldest phone is that they did a security update for? Security uh, update? They, they, so, so they, how long they have been pushing Apple? security updates for older tech? Yeah, like what? How? Like what's the oldest phone? Because like they may not add features, but they'll still push through. Hey, I really hope prices is not... In, in there, I hope Bryce is a gigantic hacking target. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna say the, the iPhone 8. 
Uh, uh, eight, right before they did the ten. They, they, uh, uh, there's a wonderful Wired video that that addressed this, uh, among other typical questions people have. Um, I want to say they go, they update to eight years back, if I remember correctly. But I don't know if I'm confusing that for the iPhone eight. Brian, you are correct. The iPhone six S back which came out September 25th, 2015. They put out a security update in July 24th, 2023. There was a security update for the iPhone 5S in January, and that phone was 10 years old. Wow. Yeah, and, and, uh, you know, th this is something that it, it is more feasible and realistic for them to update security patches on old tech because they don't have as much old tech in the same way that Android does, which they've been putting that OS on any hardware that wants to do it. So it is it is harder to solve all of those, that galaxy of problems. Uh, uh, but it, it, that's the benefit of keeping everything in the walled garden where you control everything like Apple has made, you know, a <laughs> made, made enough money to cover several countries, uh, mm -hmm. uh, the, you know, enough money to, to cover a continent uh, based on that strategy. I mean, right now the the uh, uh, not this is not uh, mm, this is going to make it seem like I'm making this like into a phone a phone war thing. And I'm not. Okay, cool. Go ahead, green text. But start it for for a, for Android. The thing right now is oh the Google Pixel phone, the phone that Google is making. Mm -hmm. They won't even commit to like three years of of Android updates, or like they'll they'll only commit to three and not four or something something shockingly short for android which already has what i would consider to be update problems with the uh, uh in the wired video that i was citing earlier they uh, they cover just a, a, a rogues gallery of classic questions like is my phone listening to me and then it explains how uh no it can't because it, uh, when you say the trigger word for um uh, hey blank uh it doesn't even pay attention to the word hey it only activates when it hears the first syllable of, of the name of the device. And that activates one processor. Like, like it can't, like it explained how physically it can't listen to you all the time because it takes too much battery and processor power and it values uh, its reputation for long battery life. And then it uh, uh, breaks down on the Android side. Uh, uh, it depends entirely, the commitment to updates depends entirely on what the provider is on it. Um, it. It was it was a it was a a good uh, a productive waste of fifteen minutes of my time this morning to have all those classic questions get get answered in a plain spoken way. I so I understand the the the, the tech behind and the and the battery consumption for things that listen, particularly like background listening to see if like a, a voice comes up or whatever like that. And I understand all. Uh, ever since the Rowhammer attack, ever since that, I look at hardware and I look at stuff completely differently because you can set out to do it. And I do not think that Apple's trying to plant stuff in the look at that very clear. Uh, as we saw with the San Bernardino case where the government wanted them to create or engineer some sort of backdoor or whatever, and Apple steadfastly refused. Um, they're, I very much believe they are in the business of security and they do not want to put compromises in that they can avoid. That being said, the NSA and certain government orgs have super, super, super smart people, some of them even at the chip fab level. And so it's kind of like, I'm like, yeah, if everything behaves the way that we expect it to, 
this is true, but we often yeah. find that things. Yeah. yeah. And I think that, that that's, that, that is a really, really good way to put it. That if you are worried about a phone listening to you worry more about the NSA and less about why, why you got served my, the ad. My best friend and I were just talking about purple dresses. And then I went on Instagram and they were selling me a purple dress. Yeah. Like, like, you live in the same city, lady. Come on. It's, it's do, you, do you remember the story about the seal that was in this American embassy? The Russians gave like they, the Russians, the Soviets gave uh, some ambassador. I don't know if it was in, if it was in Moscow or whatever, but like there was the, the children's youth was the socialist youth. Presented him with this wooden emblem of the U.S. flag, like the you know the American emblem, and so they hung it up in the office, and you know it was seemed innocuous, whatever. There was no cables running it from it or anything like that, and but there were some interesting little leaks that came out of that uh, embassy, and eventually somebody got very curious and they X-rayed it and they found. Basically, two metal plates that were very close to each other. Like wow. You can see right there. There's a thing right down there. There is no power. What they could do is they could aim a microwave antenna at it, which would then apply power to those plates. And then when you spoke, they would connect and become basically a transmitter and would transmit what people are saying. That's amazing. It's a Trojan you know horse. Part is? It got a Trojan horse. Will, do you, and we know the name of the man who invented it. His last name is Theremin. <laughs> really? That's the right. Theremin musical device. He was the one apparently who invented that device for like because he was Russian. He created this thing based on this transmitter. Very brilliant. Work for spy ops, apparently. And so, and when you look at that, and Rohammer, for those who don't know, it's basically an attack. People realize that on certain microprocessors, there is one row, you know, like transistors, it's right next to another row, and it's super, super close to each other, and normally they don't interfere. But if you send from the into the insecure area, like you pull send a lot, send a lot of you know, you know, whatever like requests, it can actually flip bits in the secure area and cause it in a way to basically affect it and allow you to hack it or do other kinds of things. And that's one of these things that and, you can look at the specs for this all day and never think that that was vulnerable. Am, am I right in remembering? I, I thought I read somewhere that there was tech that just by listening to a hard drive. Uh, a, a plate hard drive doing its work it, you could reconstruct stuff similar to the way a laser microphone can you you aim it at a window and as people talk the window vibrates and you using light waves you're able to reconstruct that yeah i think that would have been would have to have been much 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 older because the 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 data rate between that and what you can actually pick up with like audio is there but there's stuff like keyboards like we know that like you can probably tell from a keyboard where somebody typed yeah. right there's a lot of little things like that there, there is a lot there's just, just things you just don't think about you're like no this doesn't work like well because you take the iphone it's like ah the cam the, the the microphone's disconnected okay can is the camera still on because my facial detection thing is it aimed at a light force on the ceiling and every time i talk is there a slight vibration i mean there's just you just can't say, ah, it's foolproof. It's like, yeah, you can build it and you can disconnect stuff. But we found that, you know, there's cases where, I don't know, like like some sort of genetic algorithms or something, I remember, where they basically like disconnected the timing circuit, but this device was able to pick up the RMF from something nearby and could tell the time. You get these weird sort of like, you just never think about it that way. Yeah. Yeah. 
So throw away your phones, folks. <laughs> well, or, either that or or just decide at all times that you're living your nope. life in a way that you don't mind <laughs> people knowing. Away. I'm trying to find the story about it because I, I am, have lost some information about it since it happened a few weeks ago. But one of the panels, one of the things that they had uh, shown off at DEF CON was, was, very, was similar. They could use a, uh, a camera to look at an indicator light, a power indicator light on a device. And because of the way cameras, uh, you know, a camera doesn't take a, f- a whole frame at a time. Technically, it takes pixels in a row uh, just really, really fast. But apparently, if you, you, if you unfocus the lens in a certain way, you can use one frame of a, of a video file as every individual pixel being a reading on the brightness of this LED. And so the, sh- the short version is they're able to uh, uh, use just a video camera uh, to look at, at an indicator and can pull, they were able to pull things like secure keys and strings that, that, were, being div- that were being used on the computer that otherwise wouldn't have any reason to be on the indicator other than it's just the data passing through. There, there's, uh, I think this is, out there, but a, a hack that uh, uh, our friends in the in the hacker community were were, were working on that uh, would allow you to exfiltrate data via the numlock key. You could get things off of there by the numlock key being treated as a binary uh, indicator. That, uh, that, that was actually a plot point that, like so many things, was fiction that was made uh, flesh. Uh, in a Neil Stevenson's Cryptonomicon, there's a character who um, is trapped in a cell, and he is aware that they're able to see everything he types. And so he just types circuitous code, but the only thing that, you know, but along the way, he hopes he doesn't notice that he's set up Moore's code to give the real answer. So he finally types give me the coordinates and a bunch of things come up that are not the actual coordinates. Yeah. But meanwhile, the numlock key uh, uh, displays it in uh, where only he can see it. Mm-hmm. But that, that is a, a, you know, really, really, really old tech that nobody's ever going to change the numlock key because there are standards for keyboards and stuff like that. And so sure. as long as that exists, then that will always be a port for which you can just shovel stuff out. But I, Oh, Oh, interesting. Because I could see a world where you have, like, you know, there some people have those like uh, phone charger, the uh, condoms, right? Little, you, yeah. Like, uh, if, if you're basically gonna, like, alert, well, they let they let you know whether or not somebody's trying to grab data or not, or whether it's just. Which, by the power. way, one of one of the one of the, the the guys, great dude, MG. He sells the OMG cable, um, which you can you can look up, but it is identical to an iPhone cord. Uh, but you can load it with payloads. So once you plug the the cord into your uh, laptop to charge your phone, the loaded end is the the uh, the USB end. It loads whatever payloads. So one of the things he sold this year was one of those data condoms that you would give out to people saying, "Hey, a lot of crazy stuff out there." Don't get hacked if you're going to plug something in. Oh, wow. Use this. Was it a fake condom? Uh, yeah, it's a payload. Ah! So you can load it with whatever you want. So you, uh, you're, you're, you're selling them on the idea. 
Uh, one last Here. thought on the ability, you know, that the data kind of radiates all over. Uh, I want to say it was 10 or 12 years ago, and I'm surprised I've not seen it surface again. And I tried to poke around to find it, but uh, there, there was an article about how um, old, old video of things basically by, and I'm certain we've talked about this before, but certainly just by turning up the contrast enough, you could see what to the normal eye would normally look just like a baby. Uh, those small differences could be amplified enough that the baby would pulse at exactly the baby's heart rate, which all of a sudden opens up a whole series of biometric body readings. You can see politicians uh, uh, using that. All of a sudden, you could watch their heart rate increase, Dang, even though they're yeah. keeping a poker face uh, and be able to see that stuff. When I was in China, leading the airport in Shanghai, there was a young woman out there who was very friendly, working for some company, handing out promotional USB drives. Yeah. <laughs> and she handed me one, and I stared at this thing, and I'm like, holy, like, I was tempted to just go buy some, like, dummy laptop just to see what was in there, because I'm like, like, seriously, like, you're this, you're, like, this obvious about that what oh, you're yeah. doing to, like, I mean, it was just, I'm like, I'm like, who? Who goes and plugs this thing in? But uh, people do. That's why they do it. You know, like it'll be the type of people who have... take that who take it, right? It'll be the people who yeah, I'm saying yeah. It. Well, yeah, I yeah. I mean, I just I got it because I'm like, wow, here's a piece of spyware. Do you want it? Like, oh, sure, but well, uh, and and I was if you're doing it at scale, you could have a uh, an end goal that is not to find out what's on your computer, but basically. Let's say there's 10% of the populace that is like, you know, just doesn't care. Like, I have nothing to hide, whatever, they'll do it. But then the real goal is to create a very effective zombie botnet that could be used uh, for, for other stuff. I, yeah, I mean, I think this is because they're business travelers. I think the, the goal is that you then, you just, you want to get keys, you want to get passwords and stuff. So basically, you know, if I work for IBM or something like this and I go there and I take it and I go plug it on my computer, now all of a sudden they have a key logger in there. I think that was purely, I think it was purely, I don't think they were trying to do a zombie. This was a really, this is somebody in an airport, obviously with the government's permission to go do this, uh, literally trying to do phishing. Did did you read about the recent uh, epiphany and the details are are scant because they want to keep the investigation ongoing, but a number of very high profile crypto wallets have been broken and uh, massive amounts of money has been stolen. And it was confusing to this uh, 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 this research agency what the the linkage was because all of them were performing what were considered to be best practices. And mm -hmm. the realization that they published on this week was, yeah, as best we can figure out, these people are brute forcing the the encrypted data from the last pass leak that happened a couple of years ago. Uh, and these people, you know, uh, technically, uh, they, the actual passwords were not available, but if you have that data set and you identify high profile targets and you uh, spend enough computing power, then they're on the other side of it. And they're just, they're uh, uh, just shaking millions, millions and millions and millions of crypto is just being stolen and there's nothing to be done about it. Yeah. It's unfortunate. Yeah. Well, and at the same time, there's a bunch of crypto that's uh, presumably just locked away forever, you know, in wallets where you lose the password. Or, or I, yeah, I, I think I linked this on our Patreon uh, one of these past weeks that we were off. 
uh, about a big crypto exchange that lost the password to one of their wallets and for years, months or years, had to like borrow and buy more crypto so that they could run transactions for folks. Um, even then, when they, they, they etched it, they etched it on a steel plate and they still lost the code. Where'd they put the plate? That's what I'm saying. In the wash? The dishwasher? Yeah. The shelf? Some of these, some of these we lost it, we can't find it, are just inside jobs. Because some of it is just literally, there are three people running what you think is a much bigger thing, and person B and person C are like, you know, we could do this, and we could just say this, or we could do that. And because there's been a couple times where that's actually been like, oh, yeah, we don't know. So sorry, everybody. We're doing our best. And, you know. See you from my island in Thailand. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you want to jump into picks? Yeah. Um, here is a rollicking adventure for everybody. Uh, the year is 1994, and Newt Gingrich is leading the Republican revolution to take the House for the first time for his party in over 50 years. The new book, March to the Majority, Written by Newt Gingrich, out now, just released it. Took him a while to write it, apparently. Essentially, it's Newt Gingrich's uh, a political memoir. It is very Newt Gingrich. There are a lot of very, very interesting and analytical ideas. But most interestingly, he kind of admits, probably the most Newt Gingrich story in it, he uh, was telling the Republican National Congressional Conference uh, uh, how they should run their national strategy. And uh, they uh, were listening to him and then eventually told him, Newt, we're not answering your phone calls until you win a race. <laughs> he, had, he had lost two times running for Congress in Georgia, but that did not stop Newt Gingrich from calling the National Republican Congressional Committee and offering unsolicited advice. He obviously eventually went on to have a very, very high-profile run in Congress and, and uh, did take the majority, but he is uh, uh, honest about his own intensity, which uh, uh, I think for something we're... we're you know, he doesn't need to to list his own flaws in this particular book uh, was interesting. So I, I do think if, if you are if you're a campaign fan, mm. if you are if you are interested in the like X's and O's blocking and tackling of of politics, not necessarily the the, you know, a passion of of an idea. It's well worth reading because he is a great campaign mind and uh, uh, he, he lays it all out. Very nice. Uh, I mentioned uh, Neil Stevenson earlier with Cryptonomicon. Uh, I'm rounding the corner on uh, my revisit for the first time in 20 years or so of his book, The Diamond Age. And uh, like so much of his work, it is so far ahead of its time. It is prescient about, um, uh, and forgive me if I've mentioned this on this program already, but, but um, in an age where people are recoiling from social media because they realize that uh, that when you just blurt out everything you think, uh, sometimes things come back to haunt you. Uh, the Diamond Age takes place in a post-abundance society where nanobots can do anything you want. And um, as a result, there are various societies that choose to live in certain ways, uh, one of which is predominantly to live as Victorians. So as a result, uh, you uh, propriety, your reputation are sacrosanct. 
and uh, uh, knowing that anybody can find anything out about you at all times causes people to engage in slow motion Jane Austen style courtships and um, uh, even when you go visit someone because you're probably covered in nanobots they go through the Victorian ritual of having you wait in a sitting room uh, when, when really what they're doing is they're sending their nanobots to scrub off any malicious nanobots that might be on your body. Uh, and uh, it, 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 along the way, essentially, a artificially intelligent iPad is invented that ends up in um, uh, an interesting character's hand. Uh, it's just so ahead of its time. And, and I remember finding it so challenging and mind-blowing the first time I read it. But now, 20-something years later... Uh, I get to the chapter where it's a, a whole allegory about Turing machines using chains and stuff. And I'm like, yes, yes, yes. Okay. Okay. But, uh, but, but brilliant nonetheless. Uh, it's a really, really fun read. And the audiobook is well-performed. This is the first time I'm doing the audiobook, So it's, it's worth, worth the trip. Have you guys heard this? Yet more examples of how the nerds have won. <laughs> We've won. Yeah. yeah. Here's, no, listen to this. So hot celebrity couple. Timothy Chalamet and Kylie Jenner of the Kardashian-Jenner empire, according to gossip reports, what began their relationship is that Kylie Jenner, huge Dune fan. Really? <laughs> according to gossip reports, whether or not... Look, and I, the nerds win either way. I mean, because either I, she is actually a big Dune fan, and, and by the way, books. Books, not movies. Right, right. Uh, uh, or they believe that the, the Kardashian-Jenner empire believes that they can curry favor in the world by, by baking being... her as a Dune fan. I would totally Either buy way, it. the nerds win. Uh, I, I, I don't know if, if, if she's there for the technology of the ornithopters or the psychedelics of the spice, or for the idea of reading a book that is about being of House Jenner <laughs> and doing battle with other houses. Well, there we go. I, my thing about some genre stuff, where like in the future, these people are going to decide to live, live like this. I'm always like, are there kids into this? Are they like, mom, dad, this is really stupid. You know, I'm going to go outside my hoverboard while you go carry on like this. Uh, well, and that that is in the book. And in fact, one of the there's two siblings, one who uh, does not go into Victorian society or Vicky's, as they call them. Uh, the other one does. And um, uh, and it, there is. It is mentioned that that one of the core lessons is this kind of indoctrination of like, this is why we live this way, because blank, blank and blank. And otherwise, you know, there's just too much of everything and there has to be some kind of structure. And so we chose this, you know, out of nowhere because it does blank, blank and blank and blank. And that's why we all live this way. And, you know, some people can choose to say, you know, uh, F off to polite society. But, uh, but at that point it's like, you don't, it's a bit like, you know, leaving a religion almost, but, uh, it's, uh, mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's, it does a fair job of addressing that point. Cool. Here we go. Uh, I got to pick, this is a, a sh maybe lighter fare. Uh, I, I have the Apple arcade thing and they added a new game the other day called Finity. It's fun. It's like, uh, uh, it's like so you so you got to scroll. It's like the uh, what is it? Uh, one of those sliding puzzles. Uh, it, it's a sliding puzzle game. <laughs> it's kind of. Yeah, you want to know what the thing I had when and I was we're done. five, yeah. and we're done. <laughs> yep. All it's right. a sliding puzzle game. Sliding it's puzzle great. Game. Three match threes. Uh, 
really well designed. It's on Apple Arcade. Finity, check it out. Finity fam. <laughs> Andrew? My pick is I watched, uh, went down sort of a, a Pee Wee Herman, Paul Rubens mm. uh, dive to sort of check out some of the clips and interviews that he's done. Uh, you know, we, we lost Paul Rubens not too long ago, and it was great to see the outpouring. I mean, he was the kind of person, like, I barely knew him, and I would get, you know, a happy birthday text from him because he was just that kind of guy. He would I'd sat there in his kitchen and watched him spend, you know, 15 minutes sending out little happy birthdays to people. He was just really, and then you, once he passed, unfortunately, but you heard so many people talked about that, about how he just was so good at just remembering anybody, even people he just barely knew. And uh, I decided my wife told my wife, we need to watch Pee Wee's Big Adventure. And, you know, we're halfway through and I can tell you it holds up. And there was a story that Paul told about when he went to go write that, by the way, he co-wrote it with Phil Hartman. And I forget who the other writer is, but this is Phil Hartman co-wrote this. He, Paul's like, we didn't, I know how to write screenplays. So I got Sid Field's book, Screenplay, which is like (laughs) considered like the, the, the generic one. I did that. He's like, He's like, yeah, on page 30, my bike gets stolen. On page 60 in my script, I get it back. He's like, I literally just followed it point That's by point. awesome. And it works. It really, really works. Because you look at one of the things they did that was so brilliant is, you know, you have this character, this goofy, you know, could be a super nice, sweet guy. Very early on, you see his mean streak when he goes to beat up Clarence and he snaps in his friends is the idea that they can give sides to that. And I thought, like, yeah, this is a, such a really, really – taking that character from the stage, from the theater for Grown Ups yeah. to its different appearances and refine it to the point that what you get on screen is just a great, 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 well-thought-out character. I um, I told the story, I think, when he died, but uh, I was a huge Pee-wee's Playhouse fan, obsessed with Pee-wee's Playhouse as a, as, a, as a child. And so my mom, buying me anything that had a Pee-wee's name on it, goes to Blockbuster and brings back – uh, the HBO special, uh, uh, which is not not for children, but still has all the characters that you, you know and love. Also co-written by Phil Hartman. Uh, they were they were Groundlings uh, uh, partners at, at at the time. But uh, I rewatched that, and the the comedic just explosion from that uh, that that show is just it's electric. It's it is it is something special. Even and I remember watching it as a kid, and I'm like, all right, well, I don't get half these jokes, but Pee Wee's there. <laughs> this is hilarious. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, there's. I think we were talking about it. Uh, uh, Terry the pterodactyl comes in and it has this line where it's set setting up what will eventually be the kind of uh, uh, thing throughout the show. This Pee Wee wants to learn how to fly. And uh, Terry the Pterodactyl just goes, you can't fly, Pee-wee. And he's like, like, oh, no, I really want to, though. And it just beat. And this whole show has been insane, nothing but energy. The first time that there's a dead moment, just a beat for the puppet Pterodactyl to just go, bummer. (laughs) 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 It's just like... Oh, when, when, when you have a show on a line like that where no moment, no energy is wasted, everything, you know exactly where it goes, it's so special. And, and Paul Rubens was such an amazing, magnetic uh, uh, performer. That show begins with him just playing with toys. 
him just doing gags. It's just like like and dumb like squeeze the 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 uh, the rubber doll and the eyes pop out and it's just the opener is him just going like ah, ah, and like it's <laughs> cr- crushes just atomic bombs through the crowd. So good. Uh, R.I.P. Paul. Uh, R.I.P. You are missed, man. There is a ton of YouTube content on there, by the way. Interviews, stuff there. It's really, he is a, he was a very kind of private person. A very, very, very deep thinker, though, about stuff. And, you know, just, just need to see a lot of these interviews and some of him stuff talking about stories he has. Yeah, I sat in that dude's kitchen for hours listening to stories that, like, I'm still trying to remember everything that I heard. Because it's just, he's been in the business forever and been an icon and all that and so i i think you know watching just seeing so much more of it it's just been amazing yeah unfortunate circumstances but anyhow gentlemen it's been after diamond club hopes you have enjoyed this program <laughs>